Zion Radio with your co-hosts Robert Brining and Aaron Laxton. We go around the world and across the United States. Join in the conversation by calling in to 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. This week, we have your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause I Am Radio. I hope you're ready for season two because it starts now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Pause I Am Radio. Robert Brining here, joined by Aaron Laxton. Hey, Aaron. Hello. How are you today, sir? So how are... I am great. I am great. I had a a snowy week this week. A lot of ice, a lot of snow. Not too much fun, but uh, we're thawing out up here in Philly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. I like it when people are thawed out. Uh, are you? Did you get any of the snow? We did get. It was very patchy, but uh, I think yesterday it was up back up to 70 so what i always like to say about st louis weather is if you don't like it stick around for a while it'll change wow that's funny yeah we got a a pretty big uh nor'easter that hit the northeast here and uh we got about six inches here in philly but they definitely got pounded in other areas in the burbs and stuff like that and it was it was a lot of ice it was sleet it was hail so getting out of the parking spot and shoveling, it was kind of a, a workout for me. <laughs> and, you know, being in the new car, I was kind of concerned about, like I told you, that that lump that they leave in the middle of the road. And, you know, I think it uh, definitely was a, a different adventure not being in an SUV this time. How'd your car do? I made it. It did. It, 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 it was fine. You know, the roads, I'm close enough to the main road. Like, I'm two turns off of 95, so that's, you know, it's really simple, and the 95 is usually cleared, and by the, when I go to work, it's 4, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, and nobody's really on the road, which is a blessing in times of that, but actually on Tuesday, when it did snow really bad, and the storm came, I didn't have to go to work that day, thank God. Um, my boss told me I didn't have to come in and, you know, not to worry about it, because, you know, it was a, it was a blizzard. It was a nor'easter that came through, and nobody could move, and they shut down most of the city and things of that nature. So I stayed home, but the following day, getting out of it and shoveling out my my car, and, you know, it was, a, like I said, it was a little bit of a workout, but it was fun. I guess you didn't well, get as I'm much as we did. I'm glad you survived. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So, so what um what are you doing today? What are you doing this Sunday? I am here. I, I am in the office um, finishing up this grant. It's due at the end of the month, and I've been working on this thing since February. Uh, so I will be glad to get this thing handed off to my executive director, and then this week I'll I'll switch into you know working on all the supplement 
um, it's definitely been a progress uh, or process rather. And I'll be glad to get it get it done with for sure. So I was um, listening back on last week's show with Mark King, and it was uh, it was pretty intense. He's a pretty awesome guy, you know. He was talking about that interview with Larry Kramer that he announced on the show uh, last week, and then he was posting some of it online. Did you see some of the pictures that he was posting? I did. You know, I think I I can definitely appreciate like how awestruck that is. Uh, you know, Larry Kramer is just a he's an icon in our movement, an icon in the health advocacy movement. Um, so I I can definitely appreciate, you know, Mark kind of fangirling out a little bit. I, I would have as well if I would have had a chance to be in the same space as him. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. So if you missed that interview, you guys can go back and check that uh, back on PauseHangRadio.com. Uh, today we have uh, the amazing Kathy Robinson Pickett of Friends Together, um, an organization that she has started uh she actually was on the show, the last time she was on the show was six years ago. It was actually in April of 2011. So I'm sure a lot has changed um, in what she does now. I remember meeting her for the first time at the Pots of Living Conference. It was, uh, she actually was somebody who picked me up at the airport. Um, and it was cool to meet her because she had her own podcast. And I'm not sure if it still goes on now, Straight Talk with Kathy. Um, but she had that podcast. So it was uh, meeting like a podcasting buddy at the time. And it was awesome. It was a it was a great experience uh, going down to Positive Living, and I actually look forward to it. So this year, you know, conferences are always my favorite thing. We were just uh, before we went live, uh, we were talking about the, the Health E Voices Conference that's coming up to Chicago that I was invited to attend. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I've never been to that, but you said you've actually been to it before, right? Yeah. So this is my second year. Uh, Healthy Voices uh, is sponsored every year by Janssen, Johnson & Johnson. Um, and it is um, an amazing chance. You know, prior to going to Healthy Voices, I you know, had only really operated in the HIV advocacy kind of realm. And mm-hmm. the thing that's so awesome about Healthy Voices is that you get, to, you get to hear and interface with advocates from across all health um, issues. So you know, people who are advocating for rheumatoid arthritis, people who are advocating for, you know, uh, uh, Crohn's disease. And, I mean, you name it, there's people advocating for arthritis, pain management, HIV, you name it, they're going to be there. And it's really a time to share information. You know, you see people who have been blogging, who write blogs, who do videos. So last year, um, Josh Robbins was there. Uh, he provided a workshop on how to do better video. Um, there were sessions on self-care. Uh, uh, Kevin was there from Rise Up. I, it's just a really good time of, you know, just to be able to catch your breath, share the good work you've been doing, and then really learn from other people. So I, I look forward to it every year, uh, really. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to go. I was excited when I got the letter saying that they were going to uh, give me, you know, uh, the opportunity to attend and, and to check it out. And I and I knew that Josh was going to be there. I believe that Benjamin uh, DeCosta is actually going to be there as well, from what I saw on Twitter. So it'll be nice to actually meet everybody, you know, in person. That's the most important thing is, you know, making that connection one-on-one. But I actually attended a conference similar to this. It was called the E-Patients Conference, and me and Mark were actually talking about it uh, last week on the show. 
And it was it was a, kind of the same idea. It was a conference about, you know, patients from all different walks of health, you know, and um, different things. Uh, like you said, arthritis. And um, there was this one girl that I met, uh, Tiffany Marie, and she actually um, was an advocate for lupus. And, you know, I follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. Her Instagram name is Tiffany and Lupus. Tiffany and Lupus, and it, it was just to connect with somebody, you know, and there, being an advocate, you have, you know, your passion for getting your, your story out there or whatever it is, and just making connections with different people. It, it, to me, that's my favorite part of advocacy is meeting other people, like when I met Kathy at the conference or, or Butch down there for the first time. It's meeting those. And even when I met you for the first time, it was, you know, it's it's that bonding that you have with another person that kind of makes it. I don't know, special. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I What Healthy Voices kind of allowed me to realize is that, you know, sometimes we forget how, you know, the, the progression that we've made within the, the HIV community, you know, 30 years, we've come a long way. And, you know, there's days that we, you know, all of us have good days and bad days. But what I found, though, is whenever I interface with people who are dealing with Crohn's and um, you know, irritable bowel and all these other things is that their life is really, really impacted and they have a majority more bad days than they have good days. Um, and so that's not the case for me. I'm, I'm really healthy. And so what I was able to do was I was actually able to kind of pair up with um, some uh, women, some amazing women who do advocacy work for um, breast cancer. And, and so it's also a good time to be able to link up with other advocates and maybe find where you can help them out. Um, you know, so working with women who are dealing with, um, you know, stage four breast cancer, it's metastasized. Um, and hearing your stories is really moving, at least um, that for me, it was very moving to, to sit at dinner and hear their stories and, and their struggles. It really brought me down to home. Yeah, I remember um, sitting there, and there was this, oh, I, I forget exactly the story of the one girl, but she was an opera singer, and it, the, whatever her, uh, the disease that she had, it, it had something to do with her vocals, and she wasn't going to be able to sing, or, I forget what it was, but she was, and then they told her she would never sing again, and she came back fighting, and she sang there live in front for everyone and it was just jaw dropping it was like mesmerizing I just remember hearing those stories of different things and I actually remember one of the other stories was this robot that you know because they talk about advanced technology and it's not all about the patients um, it was about the advancements in things for kids who can't go into the classroom because of the disease that they have so they had these robots that actually attended the school in place of the students and it actually allowed it to be the eyes and the ears of the student, answer questions and things like that, while the student who is not able to attend the school is at home, you know, uh, watching through the robot, the class and learning. It was kind of really incredible. But let's see here. Let's go ahead and move over to today's uh, scoop with uh, Josh Robert. Sorry, my, my mic was on mute. <laughs> Oh, uh, you all right there? Yeah, I, I had uh, muted my mic. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. We're going to go ahead over to Josh. We'll be right back with uh, Kathy, Kathy Robinson Pickett. 
This is your HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusive for Paws I Am Radio. Buzzworthy HIV news in under 90 seconds. Here's Josh Robbins in this week's HIV Scoop. Hey guys, what's up? This is Josh. All right, big news from U Equals U Movement from Prevention Access Campaign. Age United has signed on to the consensus statement confirming that those living with HIV and reaching an undetectable viral load do not transmit HIV. We all know that. Now, if you're not keeping tally like me, Maybe you should because that's over 120 partners from 20 countries that have signed the consensus statement from PAC. Now, I love this campaign. It's about damn time that we took control of our own narrative. People with AIDS are people, just people. But if through my work, I am able to save one life, to bring one family closer together in their time of need. Then I will consider my work well done. All right, that was Diane Warwick some 30 years ago. She was one of the first celebrities to publicly offer her support for prevention and research to combat the HIV and AIDS epidemic. Well, last week, honoring Women's HIV Awareness Day, Miss Warwick is starring in a new PSA for ageisnotacondom.org. Love her and love that. Speaking of celebrities talking about HIV, Adam Lambert was recently on the red carpet at the Elton John Oscar viewing party. And besides helping to raise over $7 million for the foundation, he offered his support for the HIV community, saying we have to stand up and make sure that we dig our feet in the sand and stay strong, end quote. I'm Josh Robbins, and this was your HIV scoop. Uh, there you have it. Thanks, Josh, for the scoop this week and every week. Um, so let's go ahead. I see our guest is on the line right now. I see Kathy sitting there. So like I said, Kathy has been somebody who's been involved in the fight for a long time. Her voice has been heard. And, you know, I, I loved meeting her at the Positive Living Conference. I loved uh, being welcomed by somebody uh with open arms, you know, before really even knowing me. And it was, it was a great feeling to be, to be accepted into that space because it was a conference I've never been to before. And she definitely made me feel comfortable. So I want to go ahead and bring a uh, Kathy Robbins ticket. You're on the air with us. How are you doing? Hi guys. How you doing? Oh. Good. How are you, honey? Awesome. Awesome. It's a beautiful day down here in sunny Florida. Oh, don't rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> it's about seventy-six, and the light wind, and uh, it's a it's a nice day. It sounds uh, much better, much more appealing than the snow you guys were talking about earlier. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, I'm excited to have you back on. You know, it's been six years since you first sat down with us and shared a little bit about your story and the podcast you were doing then. Um, I'm sure a lot has changed. It has. I When you said that it had been six years, I was like, oh, my gosh, really? And, um, yeah, a whole lot has changed here in six years, that's for sure. So I had no idea it had been that long. Yeah, it's been great. Actually, it was April 10th that? of 2011. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, yeah. I was listening to the old and- – I was listening to the last interview, and uh, you actually did the interview last time in your car because your electricity was out or your Wi-Fi. 
I was in my car at Florida Southern sitting in the parking lot because the Wi-Fi was down and um, my office phone was down. I, I I have a visual on where I was at doing it, but I, uh, wow, I just didn't realize it had been that long. <laughs> Time flies. Time flies, for sure. Yeah, it feels so, like uh, forever. It does. Well, your life has so changed a lot. Too. Yes, it's, it's changed quite some in, in the aspect of, yeah, I'm moved and done some big things, but, you know, it's good to be back in the in the fight with everyone. It's good to see that, you know, people are still around fighting, you know, like you. <laughs> it's awesome yeah. that you're still out there still doing your trap. doing your work. Living, I've been living with HIV 32 years, and I'm still above the ground. That's a pretty good, uh, that's pretty good, pretty good track record here. So, and yeah, things have definitely changed. I am. Um, my foundation is back up running internationally again, and I'm actually getting ready to head back to Tanzania this summer. And um, so lots, lots on the, lots on the plate, and lots on the horizon here. So I'm excited. I think I'm, I think I'm actually in. Um, I know I'm in way better health than the last time we talked, and um, I'm, I'm healthier probably now than I've been in at least 20 years, and. Uh, so things look super promising, that's for sure. Yeah, I see your posts. <laughs> I see your posts, <laughs> you're working out and everything. Yeah. I've uh That's good. I've, yeah, for people that don't know me out there, I um along with being HIV positive for thirty two years, I'm also a type one diabetic. So I've been insulin dependent my whole life. And uh I went into kidney failure a few years ago and um with that, I had a couple of years of really super high-dose steroids and uh, gained over 100 pounds. And so in the last two years, I've lost that 100 pounds, which has been harder than anything I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so boot camp at 5 a.m. every morning and uh, walking at least eight miles every day, but I finally got the 100 pounds off. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely healthier than I've been in a long time for sure. Well, you look amazing. Well, thank you. I still got, I still got forty pounds that I need to take off real pounds now. But <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so, hard so for before we, uh, it's hard for skinny guys like you guys to relate to that. But you know, those, <laughs> the women out there can relate. So. <laughs> well, Aaron's been doing well losing weight as well, having Aaron. Oh yeah, I'm I'm going on forty pounds. So I appreciate your uh uh that journey that you're on. I, I also think it's kinda of what we were talking about earlier, right? So like the Healthy Voices um conference, that was a time where I really interfaced with, you know, individuals who were diabetic or had other health conditions that that has to make your health journey is not just um one or the other. It's really considering all those health conditions. Um, so oh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear more about that. Absolutely, you know, and and for someone like me, um, you know, I'm I'm certainly different than a lot of people diagnosed with HIV, just because I've, you know, when I was diagnosed, um, I was one of the few women in our country being diagnosed at the time I was diagnosed. So that made me unique in the in that aspect, obviously. But having type one diabetes is is difficult and when you're I'm 51 almost 52 so I've been um, you know diabetic 
forever and HIV positive since the rape. So, and I was 18 then, so 32 years of HIV, but I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 99 on top of that. So to have three major illnesses to, um, to navigate, you know, in your body and, and sometimes, uh, they contradict each other, you know, in, in terms of the way you would normally do treatment or normally do stuff, you know, it, it becomes complicated. But now what we see is folks like me who, um, people lovingly or not so lovingly sometimes call the dinosaurs, um, in the advocacy world. Now we're looking at old age diseases you know, and those old age diseases are coming a little earlier than they were for, um, you know, other folks. Instead of being 70 when we're seeing those, we're seeing them at, at 60 in our population, you know. So now we have to, to manage that. And it, it really is becoming, um, as HIV becomes a more illness and that term manageable that people keep throwing around out there, um, it may be manageable, but it becomes more and more of a full-time job, right? And so that becomes more and more the need to take care of your body um, now while you can. Because as those things begin to hit you, if your body's not in good shape, um, how are you going to manage that? And I think for me, at least when I'm doing advocacy work, that's my biggest message these days. Um, and you know, I, I know that a lot of your listeners um, know who I am, but I mean, you know, probably a fair amount have no idea who I am. And so my my life's mission, has my foundation has been, you know, working with kids who were born with HIV. And, and those kids are now anywhere from 18 to 30. And um, the, the things that their body is facing is completely different, totally different than those of us that became infected after our bodies were fully grown. And so the need to eat healthy, move, get exercise, make good choices, and be the boss of your brain is more important than ever if you, you know, you're one of those folks because um, those old age diseases really start taking effect and a toll on, on your bones and the rest of your structure for sure. You know, Kathy, actually, I have somebody on hold, so I want to go ahead and bring them on and see. I don't want to uh, lose the caller, so let me just kind of see if they have a question or a comment for you. Uh, Eric Code 407, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, it's Danny Weaver in Orlando. How are you guys? Hey, Danny. Hey, Danny. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Kathy, I just wanted to know, you know that I follow you religiously, and um, I admire your great work. Um, I'm here in Orlando, and as you may or may not know, Orlando is number five in new infections for HIV, and uh, we're really struggling here. And I, you know, I don't know what I can do, but um, I just educate people one one at a time and figure they're going to tell the next one and the next one and the next one. You know, I don't try to do anything global. You got that covered. But um, I just wanted you to know that I really admire your work and you're doing a great job. And keep it up. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, well, Danny, I appreciate that, and and you know that is the answer. You know, I tell people all the time when I speak, and, and you know, the, the thing for me is, and I'm honest about this, because of my story, people open doors for me to come in that, that they're not always going to open for other people. And, and that's been true from the beginning, and, and it will probably continue to be true. And I take that and try to use that to the best of my ability for sure. But no matter if there's three people in the room or 300 people in the room, 
it really comes down to talking to one person at a time and that one person talking to somebody else. And I end every single class I speak to with, I may not make a difference in the world. I may not make a difference in the United States. But if I make a difference in this room today, my life and my inevitable death will be worth something. And my making a difference is making a strong enough impact on you that you talk to someone else about what you learned today. And that's, that's true no matter what what we're talking about, no matter if we're talking about prevention or secondary prevention, um, whether we're talking about being compliant with your medicine, um, because that's our biggest thing. And in Orlando, that's absolutely all over Florida. That's our, you know, that's our biggest thing is because we have so many young guys and girls, but so many young people who just no longer feel this is a problem for them. You know, we have politically taken such a turn in our state and and other states as well, where we've gone from comprehensive sex education to having abstinence-only education in our school systems. And so now we just, we've gone from talking about it to back to not talking about it. And they see this as something that's just something they take a pill for now, and it's not. And so that education is just so important. And one-on-one, it's how you do it. Because they see you and they go, oh, well, this could happen to me. So you're doing exactly what you should be doing, Danny, exactly what you should be doing. There you have it. No, I want to thank Danny for calling in today. And we have to get him back on so we can give us an update. I know he's been uh, asking about that. So Danny will be in touch. Um, Kathy, I want to take it back a little bit so we can talk a little bit about when you were diagnosed for people who don't know your backstory or haven't heard your previous interview with us. You know, I remember that you were a history teacher before you um, took off time to raise your kids, and during that time is when you were diagnosed, and it was in 91, correct? Correct. I um, I was living in Jacksonville, and uh, my now ex-husband, but my husband at the time, and I, he was an executive for an insurance company. And uh, one day, we it was 1991, and we went to get life insurance, and part of the life insurance physical was an HIV test. Uh, no big deal, except two weeks later, we both tested positive. Um, the long story, short version, is that when I was a freshman in college, I was working in a store, and I was robbed and raped by three men. And one of those men died in prison with HIV before I was even ever married. But the laws at that time said no matter what the crime, rape, child molestation, or sexual assault, the victim of the crime was not notified of the attacker's status unless the attacker gave their permission. Um, and so... Um, no, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off, but has those laws changed? Those laws have changed. That was my first... Um, that's really how my story went public was when I found out about the laws, I was obviously incensed and um so my initial work in was around how do we change that how how do we that can't stay that way although many of your listeners and and you guys probably know that um it can still be difficult to get um sexual assault predators even predators tested in some states 
Um, it is not difficult in Florida anymore. Um, and they can be tested in all 50 states. But in, in some states, it takes court orders. Um, every state is different. Every state has their own laws. But in every state at this point, you can get a predator or a, a sexual assault person once they've been arrested, tested. Um, but the laws around how you do it are different in all states. There's no, um, hmm. there isn't a federal mandate around that. I see. Yeah. I was just, so anyway, I just at, yeah, I just was curious. Go ahead. <laughs> at the time, there were no states that automatically told um, victims that their, you know, attackers were positive, and and um, so anyway, our our story went public, very public, after we were diagnosed. Uh, my ex-husband was diagnosed as well. We were. We were a couple when the rape happened, and this was seven years later, so um, we basically had been infected the same amount of time. Um, and I was six and a half months pregnant with our second child. So our kids are 25 and 26. They're brilliant. Um, they're way smarter than their mom or their dad. They're both um, <laughs> absolutely awesome, awesome children, and um they, my daughter has her master's degree already. She's 26 with a master's, and my son um, has his degree and works with me in the foundation and uh, is a personal trainer and all kinds of stuff. So they're awesome, and they're not infected with HIV. And uh, Lindsay actually nursed till the day we were diagnosed. So I know that I am the luckiest mom on the whole planet, and they are absolutely the reason that. Um, I get up every day, and they're the reason, the driving force behind all the work that I've done, for sure. So, wow, that's incredible. So, how how difficult is it to have that first conversation with them about HIV, about you know well, you being positive, and and how how was that? Well, in our case, like, and how did you wait? In our case, it's all they've ever known, right? Because Lindsay was right. 11 months old and was pregnant with Garrett. So if you'd have been at my house, <laughs> Garrett's probably listening, and, and this is just so true. Um, if you'd have been at my house when Garrett was two and cut your hand, he'd have stood in the corner and threw your band-aids across the room because they always <laughs> knew you never touch anybody else's blood, right, from the time they were right. tiny. They didn't know what HIV meant, but they knew mom and dad were sick. Um the reality is we had a lot of bad things happen in the early days. Um, the KKK burned a cross in our yard. We had hate mail. Um, cats were killed and hung on our doors. So the kids were kind of targeted when they were they were little. Um, they we lived in a small town. Um, it was it was not pretty. Um, so they knew their whole life that they were different. People, mm-hmm. you know, people didn't believe that kids could be negative at that time. Um, we protected them as much as we could, and they spent school nights with my mom and dad, and, you know, we created as big a safety net around them as we possibly could, but they knew from the time they were little that they were different. And so we just, there was never, there was never a time that we had to sit down and say, this is the conversation. But that's the that is the really big thing that when we started friends together my foundation that we worked with parents on telling their kids early on because when families big secrets <laughs> bad things happen 
And, um, you know, so we, we really encouraged our families to find ways to have those conversations early and, um, and often because, you know, you build on it. You start small with what kids can understand and you build. And, and that's true no matter what, what the disease is too, because you find that families, um, keep all kinds of secrets around illness and and it doesn't just have to be some major you know something like HIV families keep secrets around cancer and around you know all kinds of stuff and and those secrets cause ultimately um, distrust for kids in their later life and so we know that psychologically and so we we really try hard to work with our families around those kinds of things Oh, this is there. Right, right there. I have to keep mute. Yeah, I keep muting my mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> did I lose uh, you guys? <laughs> I'm like, where did you go? <laughs> you know, I'm so pretty. I'm so pretty today. Um, so I was reading your profile, and and so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna change the pace a little bit uh, because I saw that you are a minister. Uh, and as I recall, um, uh, uh, Methodist is, is that? Did I read that right? My father, my father is a Methodist minister. I'm the daughter of a Methodist minister. Okay, so I, you know, I, I'm interested in how um, real pretty. You know, faith. You, I know. I reading is not my after this rant. I'm, I'm telling you, reading is not my. God, um, God is a huge part of my life. If that's the question, God is a huge. Part well, of my it, life. Is, it, it, it is. Um, but it really, like, in today's climate, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier uh, about how things have changed, um, I, I, I'm, I guess post the post-election, without getting too political, although Go ahead. We're, not afraid of, we're not afraid of that around here. <laughs> we're not afraid of that on this end, that's for sure. <laughs> so so how, how has that face impacted, uh, you know, kind of where we are today? Because you... Man, I can't even imagine, you know, having the, the KKK burn across in my yard. And so times have changed for people living with HIV. But in some ways, it feels as if our country uh, is taking a We've huge step back. backwards. We have taken a and huge step. So, we have. So it, can you talk it, it about that a little bit about, yeah, what that looks like? Absolutely. And, you know, um, the folks that follow me and folks that follow my podcast or follow my pages know that I'm incredibly vocal about about this. And um, I come, my father is a Methodist minister, and I tell people my parents are flower children that fell out of the 60s. Um, I, my parents are more in love today than the day they got married. And I, and I grew up in a truly leave it to beaver home. I have a brother and a mom and dad and and cousins and family that, you know, we're close, we're tight, you know, and I grew up in North Florida and I'm Southern. And um, so I grew up with all this unconditional love, right? And when we were diagnosed, my family is a rock. I mean, my, my family is, has always been and, and have never wavered. However, of the hurt was coming from people associated with churches. And um, I mean, we had a minister stand in the pulpit. This, this truly happened. A lady put her name on a prayer list in a local church in a small town 
in South Florida. And the minister read down the list, and he got to mine and Dan's name. And it was Easter Sunday. And he told his congregation he couldn't ask them to pray for our health. All he could do was hope that we died quick. Now, this minister thought he was justified um, because in his mind, he equated AIDS education and sex education. And he thought I was corrupting the moral values of children across the country. Well, what he didn't know and what no one in his congregation knew was the lady that had put my name on that list was a woman who had contracted HIV through a blood transfusion. She had been a member of this church for 30 plus years. No one knew she had HIV, but her husband and my family, and she had never told her children because she was terrified if she did, they wouldn't allow her grandchildren to come to her home anymore. And um, so those were the early days, right? And so we had finally moved way past that, and things finally were at a place where, you know, I wasn't as scared for any of our HIV-positive kids to be out, and I wasn't as scared for our gay kids to be out and, you know, all this other stuff. And now the last 18 months, 24 months, the fear is real. If you could see, I mean, I know Robert is on my Facebook, but – if you could see the hate messages that I get, I've had to lock down my Facebook at least a dozen times in the last 10 months. I had to literally send and file a police statement about threats that I was getting on some of my social media. Um, I mean, it's we have taken this turn, this right turn backwards, and and so many of these people claim to be doing this under the guise of Christianity. I mean, the same people that are protesting Beauty and the Beast right now in cities today are the same people that voted for Donald Trump who talks about grabbing women's pussies. I mean, how can you rationalize that? that your God tells you to protest beauty and the beast, but it's okay to vote for a man who openly says stuff the way this man has. And so, um, yeah, I I have no, (laughs) I can't even explain it. You know, it doesn't affect my relationship with God, but it absolutely has affected my relationship with the way I view organized religion. I'll say that. That's very interesting. I, I last night, uh, my husband and I went and we saw Cabaret. Uh, if you've never had a chance to see that, uh, I would highly recommend so it good. to our listeners. Check it out. Um, I, I won't spoil anything, but it has a lot of you know. It draws upon Germany, uh, 1920s, 1930s, um, and anyway, it was very. I, I think it's very important for kind of where we are now do you see your advocacy you know because you do have several health conditions and do you find yourself advocating more for one or for the other or do you is it really you advocating for uh women's issues like what would you say your primary uh advocacy uh focus is uh if you can narrow that down i think things ebb and flow for me you know um for many years, it was it was HIV. You know, I, it was it was truly HIV and HIV education um, 
was 95% of what I did. Um, it's what, you know, it truly was the basis. I mean, I would certainly, um, sexual assault stuff was in there because that was, is part of my story. Um, in the last two and a half years with the election cycle, um, women's health issues and, and that sort of thing has probably taken up 60% of my time. Um, because, you know, I mean, it, it certainly all ties together, right? But, um, the assault of women and um, on reproductive health and on um, and on sexual assault. The idea that we have have elected officials saying that women can't get pregnant if they're raped. If they get pregnant, then it must have been consented to because you can't. Your body won't allow you to get pregnant when you're raped. I mean, <laughs> you've got to pay attention to that, right? Um, so, you know, I, I think it has taken a turn, um, in, in that aspect, you know, for sure. And, and the other thing that has caused it to take a turn is, um, is upsetting. And, and that is that so many of our school systems have taken this right turn as well. And so where I would spend, you know, a hundred days a year in public schools, um, this school year, I haven't spent 10 days in a public school, um, not by my choice, just by not being called to do it. And I'd like to say that, oh, it's because there's, you know, so many other people doing it and they're calling them, but that's not the, that's not the case. It's because we've taken this turn and um, it's just not, it's not happening because so many systems have gone from, you know, a more open curriculum to an abstinence-based curriculum or to a we-just-won't-talk-about-that-issue kind of curriculum. Or in in a lot of states or a lot of counties, you no longer have health education in high school. That's, that's become an elective. It's no longer, <laughs> no longer something that even ninth graders get anymore because we're so busy teaching to a test that um, that's no longer part of the core education. And so there's lots of reasons why, but there there has definitely been a shift in in what I do, um, just because of the political climate that we're in right now. Kathy, this is Robert. I'm going to um, take a quick break. Can you uh, stick around with us for a couple more minutes? Sure. Okay, I'm just going to um, move over and play one uh, one or two of. Uh, Kevin Maloney's Rise Up to HIV's Positive Message. So we'll be right back with Kathy Robinson Pickett in a few minutes. Hello, everyone. My name is Alicia. Some call me Lovely or Healed Lee. In 2001, I was diagnosed HIV positive. And you know, I had an option. Allow that diagnosis to overtake my life or I overtake HIV. And that is exactly what I did. I took a stand. I took a stand to know that I am healed, that I am prosperous, that I am a beautiful and loving person, and I deserve to be loved. HIV does not define me. I define HIV. I'm happy, I'm inspirational, and I am vibrant. I love myself. And I encourage you that if you received any diagnosis, 
If you receive any terrible news, take a stand, know who you are, and continue on your path to greatness. I encourage you to stay happy. Hi, my name is Bob, and I'm from Walkworth, Ontario, a little uh, rural community of uh, 700 people. So I'm a, a rural POS guy, and I've been POS for 23 years now. And um, so I'm a long-term survivor, and I'm kind of proud of that. And I'm proud of all long-term survivors out there. So hi, long-term survivors. Want to want to lift my hat to you? Uh, but I also want to lift my hat to to people who've joined us along the way uh, and offer encouragement and support and love, because um, I think you have real opportunities here as a person living with HIV to live the kind of life that you wanted, always wanted to do, um, to make a difference, uh, to throw off the shame, uh, to realize what you want to do, uh, and, and if you want, to help and encourage others, just as uh, Kevin is asking us to film videos to, to support others. Um, you have that kind of opportunity too, so Kevin's onto a good idea. Um, I think what I like about this is that it emphasizes that we are part of a community. We are here for each other, we're here to support each other, and to learn from each other, and I kind of like that. Um, it's an opportunity uh, that comes with HIV, and I, I've grabbed it, and, and, and I hope you will too. So enjoy um, being part of a community that can offer you so much and which has the opportunity for you to offer so much. Um, be well, enjoy your life, enjoy the HIV community, it's quite wonderful. And there you have it. Positive message, rise up to HIV. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, and all your social media posts. We're back here live with Kathy Robinson-Pickett. How you doing, Kathy? You there? I'm here. All right. So tell us this. Give us a little bit of update. What's going on with your podcast? Is that well, still in sync or hiatus? It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of in hiatus. It, it happens, but not... Um, during the election, um, things <laughs> got wonky, and um, like I said, things got uh, got a little threatening there for a little while, and so um, there are no live podcasts anymore, and um, <laughs> there are there are plenty of archived ones, and they're in iTunes, and uh, we I I pop some up every once in a while, and hopefully when I get back from Africa this summer, we'll get back on track, and um, you know maybe uh, there'll things will politically become. <laughs> I don't know. Can we even hope that things are politically going to be calmed down? Can we even think that that's going to happen? I don't know. Um, but because my audience is much different than yours, <laughs> um, and my audience seems to be made up of uh, a lot of, um, yeah, folks that don't necessarily think the same way that we do. I've had to kind of reconstruct things a little bit, and uh, so... Um, but people can go to iTunes and, and they're still there and they can go to the website and they can, any tough topic that someone would want information on, we've done a show on it. So from, from living wills to guardianships to coming out to bullying to skin cancer to all the things, the Straight Talk podcast actually started when I was on um staff at Florida Southern College, and Florida Southern is a Methodist college in Florida, and I ran what was called the Healthy Campus Program, and um, basically it was 
anything you wouldn't talk about on a Methodist college campus came under my job description. Sex, drugs, sex, alcohol, sex, eating disorders, mainly sex. And um, every Thursday night, I would have what was called straight talk. And so um, my office was a big historic house. I had the whole house. And so kids would come in, I'd shut the door, we'd order pizza, and we'd sit in the living room, and they knew they could talk about anything they wanted to, um, no other adults but me, and it, nothing went past me, and so um, it was called Straight Talk, and so we developed that into a podcast, and then when I left Florida Southern, it came with me, and um, it, but it spread, you know, and it, it got it got bigger and bigger. So the following got bigger and bigger and then some crazies started following me clearly. So we gotta figure out how to get rid of, we gotta figure out how, we gotta figure out how to get rid of the crazies so that I don't um, get the kind of threat I'm getting toward the end of the election. <laughs> so. Right. Well you'll have to send us over a banner or something so we can link up and put a uh you know, an image on our website okay. to promote your uh your show and your organization too. Which leads me to the next question is that you know, coming up, you're going. To, you want to go to Tanzania for the fourth time. I, I am I reading that correctly? Four times. This will be the fourth. It's the the fourth time with friends together. Yes. And uh, okay. Yeah, so tell me, like tell me a little bit about. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. And then I also want to talk about the um, the I guess if it's a fundraiser, Butch kind of reached out to me about it about what you're looking for sports equipment, soccer balls, volleyballs, things like that. So I want you to touch on that too, so people can get involved. Absolutely. So, um, so Friends Together is my foundation. We started, my late husband, Steve, and I, um, uh, some of your listeners, um, my late husband was Steve Pickett. He was a, a gay man that fell in love with me, and um, we got married year, many years ago, and he was killed in a car accident in 2005. But Steve um, was an adventurous soul. He had, was had tracked the whole Appalachian Trail in the 70s and had done all kinds of different things. Um, and one day he came home from work in 2003 and said to me, he had this routine. He um, he was 12 years older than me, and he came in and he set his briefcase down and he kissed me on top of the head. That was always a sign that he was going to say something I didn't like or um, have an idea that was wild and crazy. And so he kissed me on top of the head and said, we are going to go to Tanzania next summer and climb Mount Kilimanjaro as a fundraiser. Now, as a former social studies teacher, Mount Kilimanjaro is the highest freestanding mountain in the world. I know these things. And I was like, oh, no, we're not. You might, but no, we in that. But um, <laughs> we did go to Tanzania the next summer, and um, I'm Butch has gone with us, Ken Barger, a lot of folks that listen to your show have been on the trips in the past, but um, we went the first time truly as a fundraiser for Friends Together. That was our, our sole purpose behind it. But while we were there, we literally fell in love um, with the country and the children. And Tanzania is the hardest hit country, one of the hardest hit countries on the planet by HIV right now today. Just listen to the statistic I'm fixing to tell you. Forty percent of every single person over the age of 18 who is alive in Tanzania today is themselves an orphan to HIV. Wow. I mean, just process that, right? And so 
Well, Steve was on the mountain, and Ken and I were delivering medical supplies. We were both falling in love with the country. So when Steve came down, he's like, we're going back. we we got to start planning a big trip. And we did start planning the next big trip. And in the course of that, he was killed in the accident. And um, a few weeks after Steve died, Garrett came home from school one day, and he was 13. And he said, Mom, I'm going to climb the mountain, and I'm going to take Steve to the top. Is ashes. And I said, Garrett, you are 13. The only mountain you are climbing is Stone Mountain in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, he said, Mom, I'm going to climb the mountain. And so all of eighth grade year, Garrett got up every morning and went to the gym and trained. And that next summer, we went back with Butch and Mark and a whole bunch of other, and Ken and a whole bunch of other volunteers. And um, we spent a month and delivered thousands of pounds of medical and school supplies in Steve's name. And Garrett um, became, at that time, one of the youngest non-Africans to ever summit Kilimanjaro. And he took Steve's ashes to the top at 14. And um, so that started our real love affair with Tanzania. And um, so we went back in 2015. Uh, Obviously, the economy tanked uh, in between all of that and friends together as an organization, we just, as an organization, couldn't make the trips um, for a few years. But we went back 2015, and we're going back this summer. Um, and we take medical and school supplies. Um, we have, we can take, um, we have list and list on our, our website and on my Facebook page. My Facebook is Kathy Robinson Pickett, Kathy with a C, everybody out there. And our Friends Together page is right. Friends Together with a hyphen in it. Um But we take um, over-the-counter pain relievers, school supplies, pens, pencils, flashcards, um, there's there's a list. And then um, diabetic supplies and those sorts of things. Balls are priceless. So soccer balls, um, I know um, somebody on this call plays soccer, or at least used to, and (laughs) used Used soccer balls are priceless, so if you have any connections out there that, you know, have used soccer balls sitting in their um, garages or their, you know, wherever, um, those are priceless there. And so we, we last trip, we took um, about 5,000 pounds of stuff with us, and um, we fly it over with us on, on Delta KLM, so anybody that would like to go with us, um, you can, you can go with us, uh, there's three or four airlines that fly in, so you don't have to fly Delta KLM. But if you have Delta Sky Miles, we're always looking for Delta Miles um, to help us transport stuff. So um, that's another way that you can help out. And, of course, money donations are always um, helpful. But our big project this summer, I just want to share really quickly, is that we are raising change. We have people collecting their spare change for 7, 10, or 30 days. Just your spare change. Every time you buy something, you drop your change into an envelope or uh, whatever you've got in your purse or your pocket. You collect that for a week, 10 days, 30 days, whatever it is. Um, and with that money, we are um, having an HIV organization in Tanzania. We're paying the women to make reusable sanitary napkins for the girls in the that we service. Girls in Tanzania can't go to school when they're on their period because they don't have access to to sanitary napkins. And and that's true in many third world countries. But our goal is to have 5,000 sanitary pads made to give 500 girls 10 pads each. They're washable, reusable, they'll last them a good year. 
and that will keep them in school year-round. And it puts the women to work in the HIV program, um, so it gives them payment, and it gives the girls sanitary pads. And so that's our big project. So it's called Change for Change. So if anybody wants to collect their spare change for me, um, I would love it. All the change adds up, and you don't have to mail me your change. You can mail me cash, or you can do it on our website, or you can send me your change, or you can give it to one of our volunteers. But um, your spare change can really seriously change a girl's life. Um, so the price of a cup of coffee can make it so a girl can go to school all year. Kathy, it's been amazing to talk to you. Tell our listeners one more time how they can get a hold of you to learn more about uh, this project and other projects that you're working on or to support the important work that you so and your team are doing. If, if you have Facebook, it's Kathy Robinson Pickett, Kathy's with a C, Robinson, and then Pickett's P-I-C-K-E-T-T. Um, my email address is hiveducation at AOL.com, and my um Facebook Friends Together page is Friends Together with a hyphen in it, so it's Friends Together but with a hyphen between it. And our website is friendstogether.org. And if you like politics, um, it's straighttalkwithkathy.com. And my Twitter is um, Find Four Cause and then HIV Education. There's two. Well, it's always a great time talking with you. Um, Thanks so much, Kathy. Thank you, guys. Take good care. Bye. We love you. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, all right, Robert. We, we've spent another hour. These times fly by. Any final words? Uh, next week, Bob Leahy will be joining us. Don't forget to tune in. <laughs> all right. A little, uh, a little fresh air from uh, the up north. Uh, until next week, uh, we're here for you. Uh, be sure to check out past episodes on uh, iTunes. Uh, see ya. Thank you for joining us for Paz I Am. You can listen to us each and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we bring you your weekly dose of hope. Join in the conversation on social media, Paz I Am Radio, and at Aaron Laxton. And while you're on there, check out I'm Still Josh as he brings the HIV scoop of the week. Also, if you've not checked out the positive message campaign from Rise Up to HIV. Be sure to do so. For all of you who contribute and make this show possible, thank you so very much. If you think you have a story that needs to be covered or you would like to come on air and talk to Robert and myself, please let us know. We want to bring content that you need and that you want. Be sure to download this episode on iTunes and past episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. From all of us over here at Paz IM Radio, from Robert Brining and myself, have a safe and healthy week. And until we speak again, stay positive. <laughs>